for the week of April 25th, 2022. This is Obi-Wan TV Talk from Star Wars TV Talk, where we dive deep into the highly anticipated Disney Plus series. With the release of the Obi-Wan Kenobi just over a month away, we decided we would continue to discuss the Obi-Wan essentials for fans to revisit in preparations for the release of the series. And this episode, we are discussing Obi-Wan's relationship with Satine Kreese. Dave, what were your initial thoughts when you realized that this relationship between Obi-Wan and Satine was a little bit more than friendship. Well, I don't think I actually realized it myself till about maybe the second time I watched through those episodes. Because if I remember right, the first the first time I watched it was years after they were off the air, and I had my one of my sons with me. And of course, if any of you out there listening have kids and you're trying to watch something, you you know that you're not catching everything the first time through. So the first time I watched it, it was just like, oh yeah, great episode. Get out of that. <laughs> but uh, the second time through when I was watching it mostly for this episode um it was it was uh, it was interesting to to look at it and go okay Obi-Wan like just not that far in your future or your past or whatever you're telling your your padawan and your friend not to do what you did here like yeah. hello which is so awesome and we'll kind of get into uh that portion of it but a lot of people like have problems with continuity, but for me, this fits perfectly into continuity because this is like oh, yeah. so reminiscent of what, like, oh, that makes sense why Obi Wan was going that route. And we talked a lot about that, um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So, right now, let's just provide like a quick little background of Satine. So, she is Satine Kreese of Mandalore. She is the sister of Bo Katan. So, those of us that maybe haven't watched the Clone Wars or haven't watched any of the, you know, the animated series and we've just been the live action folk, uh, Bo Katan, you obviously know her because she was, of course, in season two of The Mandalorian in live action. But she actually has her origin here in the Clone Wars. And Satine is her sister. Um, and basically what Satine did is she became like the, you know, one of the disputed rulers of Mandalore, the Duchess of Mandalore. And she kind of took on this like peacekeeping ideology, which sparked like a civil war. A lot of Mandalorians weren't happy about it. And we kind of get uh, like, we get those heightened feelings just between, you know, the way that our live action Mandalorian goes about things and the way that, uh, of course, uh, Bo-Katan is going about things in season two of Mandalore. But anyway, she crosses paths with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn. So with the live action portrayal of Bo-Katan, because when you, when you watched the Clone Wars, you said you missed, you know, quite a few things because you're watching it with children. Yeah. Um, did you go back and revisit Bo-Katan? Like, obviously, you're not forgetting who Bo-Katan was because she's no, a not huge at all. character in Clone Wars. But did you go back and kind of revisit some of those themes when you first saw her pop up in season two of The Mandalorian? Well, at first, it was one of those things, hey, I know you. And yeah, then, yeah, and I, I, like I, wanted to, I wanted to know the history afterwards. So, because I, I knew I'd seen her somewhere it took me a while to figure out which which uh franchise i'd saw her in mm -hmm. 
So then once I realized it was Clone Wars and we had by that time Disney Plus was a thing and it's like, oh, look, like they've got these episodes out perfectly for you. So I went and rewatched those looking to see what was going on with her and got into these two episodes and so I went, okay. So she had a sister. She's the the Duchess. So she's like the royal family technically, and it was it was it was a my mind slipping. It was a thing. That's let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and you know, obviously they didn't just bring in a live action portrayal of Bo Katan no. for those few episodes in The Mandalorian. We will definitely see her again, especially with her story arc around the dark saber. But going back to uh. Satine and Obi-Wan, we have, of course, the last two episodes, we've talked a lot and focused a lot about the impact of Qui-Gon Jinn um, and the impact he had on, of course, the fates of Obi-Wan and Anakin. And for me, this like all came back here. When I was revisiting this story arc between uh, Satine and Obi-Wan, it all comes back in terms of the impact that Qui-Gon had. Um, because I'll kind of summarize the story. She has a very extensive uh, story arc in the Clone Wars, so we can't, you know, cover each one of those things. But the overall theme is basically uh, the story goes that Qui Gon and Obi Wan were sent to protect her when she was, you know, there were a lot of assassination attempts from Mandalorians and other Separatists as well. And so basically, Obi Wan saves her, and it's very much reminiscent to this like i got a lot of anakin wanting to go back and say padme vibes like the way that he like dropped her and was like oh no like so the way that he kind of went and that's really where the romance starts this is something that is really interesting because obi-wan is so adamant to convince anakin to not go back and this feels very much like oh this is like for him a very similar event led to him falling in love and almost compromising his destiny with the Jedi. So like, did you get those feelings? That oh, I definitely. Got? Definitely. The, the parallel was there. And, you know, once you get rid of the distractions, it was easy, easy to see. Like it made sense when looking at what Obi-Wan was doing in the prequel movies with Anakin as to why he did it. Once you see this particular story play out, is you can see, okay, there's the background. This is why Obi-Wan might think this is a bad idea, like you said. And uh, most likely why he just said, nope, we're going to keep going. You you can't. You, you got to come with me. It's We got to do this first. She'll be fine. She's a big girl. Well, and again, like, I don't know what exactly it was that was driving Obi-Wan to connect with it, if this was, in fact, where his uh, mindset was, because he admits in this story arc between him and Satine that he would have left the Jedi Council if she would have asked him. And so, like, that's super interesting because, like, of course, that would have probably been the path of Anakin if he openly went and say Padme like that. Cause then of course everyone else would have sensed what Obi-Wan was already sensing. Like Obi-Wan had already mm-hmm. had a sense of this romance uh, in episode two, because he basically tells Anakin like you will be banned from the Jedi order. And I think that Obi-Wan is still so obsessed with providing the training to the chosen one, which is what mm-hmm. he thought Qui-Gon ultimately wanted, which is somewhat true, but Obi-Wan kind of gets lost in, I mean, not necessarily the minutia, but the minutia of training the chosen one. Yeah. Obi-Wan here, I think this is probably at least the very, at the very least a good framework for the mistake Obi-Wan made with training of Anakin because he wanted 
to keep Anakin from making the mistakes he made. So as far as being a Jedi goes, where I think maybe the mistake Obi-Wan might have made was not leaving and just going off with Sadine. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what would have that, you know, look like in the long run, right? Like where would Qui-Gon have ended up? What would have ended up with this whole thing? Like it's, it's really interesting to look at. Of course we wouldn't get the story of Obi-Wan no. and Ben Kenobi, but we have that. Uh, we have that here. Of course, this just kind of adds a layer to the the tragedy of Star Wars. Basically, the Shakespearean written tragedy that is the what we get from the Skywalker saga. But the really interesting thing is that in the Clone Wars, we get you know this the storyline that Qui Gon seemingly knew about Obi Wan's love for Satine and kind of uses that to not necessarily rebuke Obi-Wan's feelings, but to use that to further like engage with the empathy aspect. Like he's just kind of comparing everything to his feelings with Sadine. Like basically all creatures, all living creatures are worth this, which there's a lot of like religious aspects that are involved <laughs> in that. Like all creatures are worth uh, love and dignity. And, and that's kind of what Qui-Gon represents. He represents the, the religion beh- that, that is the Jedi versus the, um, the politics and like the police force that the council are starting to represent. And so mm-hmm. Qui-Gon is very much like, Hey, you know, remember that all things are worth living. And we see that, you know, across the board in episode one, like this is what ultimately I think is why Obi-Wan was so quick to just accept Jar Jar. Like we, there's some tension there the whole time. And he like tries to convince like, you know, Qui-Gon like, Hey, why are we doing this? Just leave him here. We don't want to be burdened with this stupid, dumb creature. And Qui-Gon's like, yeah, but he's alive. Like, he's a living being, and that's worth saving. And so that kind of like, oh, well, we know that he had this extensive conversation with Obi-Wan before relating to Satine. So Obi-Wan maybe is just like, okay, I'll just kind of drop it, I guess, because I know where this is going. Yeah, it does have that kind of feel to it. Like, okay, I'm gonna. this is a losing argument for me that I'm just going to – I'm not going to – I'm not going to try to – persuade you any further because i know what you're going to say and he's coming so yeah it does have that feel of uh i've had this conversation so many times before i just don't want to waste my breath again so let's just get on with it that's what it does have that feeling of you're absolutely right now again what if this was obi-wan's approach with anakin what if instead of rebuking anakin as much as he does in episode two what if he takes the qui-gon Jinn approach and it's just like Hey, I get it. Like your feelings for Padme are real. And like Qui-Gon doesn't necessarily confront Obi-Wan with the romance behind it, but mm-hmm. he does confront him with the feelings that that is just purely human, right? Like he understands that like these are human emotions and these are, you know, human feelings and we need to embrace them. Like what if Obi-Wan would have done that with Anakin like, "Hey, you know how you're feeling this way towards Padme, Padme instead of you know, uh, using it to fulfill whatever you're trying to fulfill. Why don't you try to use it to fulfill this mission or to protect the greater good? Because uh, Qui-Gon's approach is very much like, I don't agree with the council, but I'm going to use this opportunity to achieve good in the galaxy. Yeah, because when, when, when you think about it from that, through that lens, the the love Anakin was having for Padme could have very easily been, okay, focused something like this. We have this mission on hand. Yeah, sure. 
I might not get to see the person I want to see this whole time, but if I complete this mission, I am bringing safety to this person I love. Yes. That might have been a better a better way for we want to go about it because then he's re- redirecting the, the, those feelings that might not be him bringing Anakin in the right way and bringing him back using said feelings to get him on the right path right yeah and you know this is again kind of that tragedy theme but we have uh obi-wan eventually gets on track with this so we see of course after the events of the clone wars which are between episode two and three that obi-wan's kind of this different character he's this he has this different approach with anakin but uh and this is kind of why padme in revenge of the sith is urging anakin to tell obi-wan like why don't you tell obi-wan that i'm pregnant like he can help us like he can Make sure that everything's okay he, because he loves us. And Anakin, he's already so manipulated by Palpatine at that point that he doesn't he doesn't trust Obi-Wan at that aspect because of what he has gone through so many years prior, even though the events of the Clone Wars, the, the cartoon series, kind of put Obi-Wan on this, this better track. Yeah, and especially, you see that especially in the first few episodes of the final season they aired just recently um where you know anakin's in the thing and coming out of the barracks and they're getting ready to walk away and 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 obi-wan just goes i hope you said hi to padme for me and just walks away right like he's already sensing this this romance or he's sensing more at least he may not fully sense the romance or he does sense it and is choosing to ignore it because he knows what path lies ahead if he does acknowledge it. And so I think there's like that fear associated with it. Uh, but again, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. This is kind of that thing that, that, that leads even further to this, this great tragedy that is of uh, Obi-Wan's, you know, destiny, um, which brings in Darth Maul. So basically with this extensive arc with Satine, we don't have time to dive into every aspect of it, but the big portions, the next big bullet point is Darth Maul and how he plays into the story. So again, Satine hopes to restore Mandalore with this peacekeeping approach. And she kind of uses this and like dangles it over the head of the Jedi. Like she says a number of times throughout the series. Like I remember when the Jedi were just peacekeepers, um, they weren't anything else. They, they weren't soldiers. They weren't, participating in uh, assassination attempts. They weren't participating in kidnappings. They were just simply keeping the peace in the galaxy. And that's what she wants back. Like she wants that for Mandalore. Um, And this, you know, she even like somewhat disagrees with her sister at this point. Like her sister is kind of on this path of, we need to restore Mandalore period. And she believes that the only way to do that is through this lore of the dark saber, Darth Maul, you know, comes back. He returns in this great like thing. When the, uh, I remember when Cartoon Network announced that he was coming back, like how like crazy this moment was for you know the Star Wars lore, and there was a whole lot of stuff behind it. But he comes back, and that he's intertwined with this story of Mandalore because he's obsessed with Mandalore, but he's also mostly obsessed with enacting revenge on Obi Wan. Yeah, and uh, throughout this whole story of Maul, which in and of itself, the Darth Maul arc, if you really want to go and watch an arc specifically that's uh, that's in another interesting story arc is is huge. Go watch it. We don't have time to go into it here either. We, we could probably spend a couple episodes just on Darth Maul if we wanted to, but uh, 
Yeah, Maul's motivation from this point till the end of his life is revenge and Obi-Wan for cutting him in half in that reactor room on Naboo. That's his sole motivation for everything he does and every time we see him. So he gets himself into a position where he can enact some really costly revenge for for him on Obi-Wan. Right. And of course, like this whole and this is of course still on Cartoon Network and it's such mm-hmm. a mature like story arc because he, you know, obviously kidnaps uh Sadine and he he kills her and this this really like it's not necessarily gruesome because there's no blood involved because you know Cartoon Network and it's a lightsaber mm-hmm. but he impels her with the dark saber like drags her using the force and just slowly like drags her into uh into the dark saber and this is like the the ultimate revenge and this ultimately again sets obi-wan on his path that we find him in in episode three Mm -hmm. because this is what transforms in my opinion this transformation with anakin by the time we see obi-wan and anakin in revenge of the sith obi-wan is much softer with anakin he's more uh he's more assuring with anakin like when from the very first scene on like he's following anakin through this like he's like you know, complaining about flying, but he's very much taking the co-pilot role to Anakin, letting Anakin, uh, because Anakin is the better pilot, let him lead that portion of the mission. They get into Grievous's ship and they fight Count Dooku in which Count Dooku defeats Obi-Wan quite uh, quickly. And Anakin is the one that defeats him. And Obi-Wan is very much like, hey, I don't like, I don't have any time for the interviews or accepting the trophies because this is your time to shine. You go, you provide the report uh, to to the council, you provide the report to the Republic because again, you did this. I was unconscious on your back. Like that was that's a very different Obi Wan than what we saw in episode two. Oh, for sure, a much more humble Obi Wan than in episode one and two, for sure. Because even even episode one as a Padawan, uh, Obi Wan was a little more uh, precocious than the Obi Wan we see in episode three. Yeah, and um, and there's definitely like the brother connection that we see mm-hmm. between Anakin and, and Obi Wan, and a lot of people felt like that wasn't as uh, natural as a transition. But if you watch the Clone Wars and you specifically watch the story arc with Satine. Uh, Obi-Wan tells Anakin that he felt anger. Like he confides in Anakin that when he when Darth Maul killed Sadine, he wanted to enact revenge and he attempted to murder uh, you know, basically all three of the people that were involved in this killing, which involved uh uh Darth Maul, Darth Maul's brother, and of course the the third party that was there. And now with that, like he tells him he felt anger. He tells him he acted on the anger. He wasn't successful, and he kind of was like, "I'm kind of glad that I wasn't successful in murdering Maul and Colt like in cold blood like that," uh, because he understands the path that that leads to. Now, again, what if this all happened before Attack of the Clones? Right? Like, what if if Obi Wan had this moment before Attack of the Clones? Does Anakin feel more open with him about the Sand People and confides in him about that instead of going towards Palpatine? I think it would. Because 
up until that moment, like when in the original timeline, where before the before this all this stuff uh, we find out happened, in, and and Obi Wan confines in confides in Anakin. As far as Anakin's concerned, Obi Wan has no idea what he was talking about. But say we we just switch the timeline just enough so that the events on Mandalore coincide with before episode two and then they, they have that share of feelings and then Anakin slaughters the sand people maybe he he would feel like okay obi-wan's gonna know he's gonna help me out i can go to him with this mm-hmm. and say hey this is what happened it was a big mistake on my part but i acted on the anger what should i do now right yeah and obi-wan would at least have felt empathy because Obi-Wan's obviously in a very similar situation. He just was unsuccessful where Anakin was successful. And so Obi-Wan would have been like, hey, I get it, man. Like, I I tried doing the same thing. I just didn't succeed. Let's process this together. Uh, we don't have to involve anyone else. We don't have to involve the council. Let's just do this, you and I, brother to brother. Anakin never goes to Palpatine. He never confides in Palpatine in any of that because he doesn't have the need to. And, of course, this is the great tragedy, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. like... What if, you know, Macbeth does something differently? What if Macbeth doesn't get consumed with taking over the throne? You know, Macbeth doesn't get killed himself. Like, he, the self-fulfilling prophecy that Anakin brings upon himself is very much reminiscent of this of this Shakespearean lore, and, like, Obi-Wan is just right there. Now, with that, do we think that, again, any of these themes of, like, we know the tragedy of his relationship with Anakin are going to show up. Mm-hmm. But what about Obi-Wan's feelings for Satine? Like, do we think that is going to, are we going to see the theme of that in this Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi series? It depends on how in- introspective they get with it. It really does. Like, we we don't know how far into his thoughts we're going to actually get to see. I, I'm sure there's going to be some, because I'm sure some of the stuff happening in some of the trailer stuff has got to be flashback more than uh, action it's going on in the moment. Um, like I'm not talking, I'm not referring of course to the, uh, um, inquisitors and all that. They're, they're going to be at live action in the moment for sure. But I'm thinking a lot of the stuff, like we're getting, going to get more flashbacks of Anakin, Obi-Wan than, um, in the moment stuff. That's what I'm thinking. Of course I could be wrong, but we'll find out in a month. Um, but as far as the Satine uh, angle goes, I really do think it just depends on how far back they want to go in Obi-Wan's mind as he's contemplating his life in the desert, keeping an eye on Luke. Yeah. And we, uh, Hayden Christensen just opened up about his preparations for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. And he said he went back and binge watched everything from the Clone Wars and everything from Rebels. Uh, and there, of course, it's been confirmed that we will get flashbacks of the two of them. There's still speculation as to whether or not, like, the, because there's rumored to be another duel between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Now, this is, you know, speculation as to whether or not that's going to be a new duel or if this is going to be, like, kind of the Force, uh, the the cave and Dagobah type of thing that Obi-Wan experiences. But we know that there's this theme of Jedi not being able to resist their moral obligation. So this is where the Inquisitor's like, you don't really have to hunt Jedi. Just wait for them to help someone and we'll sense it. And that's where when when we show up. And I think that, that this relationship primarily with 
Satine is going to be what encourages Obi-Wan to interfere. Like, I'm sure he's going to see something that causes him to remind him. Um, it would be really neat to see a live-action portrayal of the death of her, because that would be super interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if we'll see Darth Maul in that vision. Like, it might just be him holding her as she dies, but it would be interesting to see if they do cash in on this theme. We know with Filoni being involved, everything is on the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would be interesting to see that live action. Like you said, whether or not we see Darth Maul deliver the fatal blow, that doesn't, that part really doesn't matter. But to see in live action, see Ewan McGregor play this off would be very interesting and probably rewarding. Right. So any other closing thoughts for you as we wrap up our conversation on Obi-Wan and Satine? Just that I, I, w I would like to like to see them go far enough back in Obi-Wan's thoughts to and whether it's a, just a quick flashback, like you suggested, like he sees something that reminds him or he's just sitting in silent contemplation somewhere and the force, you know, gives him this vision of what it was like to have somebody he loved die in his arms. You know, he, he could even just be be contemplating what happened between Anakin and Padme when that comes to his mind, because of the similarities between the two events. And I just think it would be great to see that either way, no matter what it brings forth in this, in the upcoming Obi-Wan series, that would be a great thing to see and get some deeper, a deeper look into Obi-Wan's perspective of that. Yeah. And we are a month away from this series. We're so close. This is something that has been highly anticipated for Star Wars fans since Disney's acquisition. And even before that, people mm -hmm. were so fascinated with exploring this. But now it is here. We are a month away from it. Uh, so until then, you can keep up with the show on Twitter at Star Wars TV Talk and by emailing us at hello at StarWarsTVTalk.com. You can find the rest of our shows online at StarWarsTV.com and by searching for Star Wars TV Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Also, please don't forget to leave us a five-star review and subscribe. You can find more TV Talk podcasts at tvtalk.fm. Thanks so much for listening, and may the Force be with you, always.